Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're asking, are they tracking UFOs from Ice Cube? That's correct. Are they tracking UFOs from Ice Cube? Now, we're not talking about the wrapper. We're talking about a base that the U.S. has down there on the Antarctica. And essentially, they're tracking neutrinos. Now, we're going to get into what neutrinos are, and we're going to talk about that base in just a minute. But these revelations have been uh, kind of put out there, but largely ignored, I think. I first heard about this guy in the Sean Ryan podcast. Also, uh, Chris Lado has done some excellent work on his podcast. And maybe, I think, this will give us some insight into the biggest revelation as far as UFO tracking. And that's what, and that's what we're going to look at in this short podcast here. And he's even been on the on the Joe Rogan podcast. When I first saw this guy, I thought, man, you know, I don't know. It sounds a little strange. But listening to him uh, be interviewed uh, there by Sean Ryan, I thought, wow, this guy's really sharp. He's He says he was like a, basically a master plumber. He's kind of in charge of the plumbing down there in the base. And because of this, he has keys to all these different rooms. And he's also on the fire department. So he knows the layout of the building. And he begins to describe what's happening down there. Now, the cover story for this place is that they're, it's it's a research facility where they're tracking these neutrinos uh, coming in from outer space. And, uh, you know, it's just something, it's a cool project scientists do. They've got these neutrino tracking things all over the place. It's just egghead stuff. Don't worry about it. But what it looks like could be happening is, is these neutrinos are a lot more complicated than what they've led us to believe. And actually, these things are not just being emitted from outer space. They could be being emitted from spacecraft. So I'm going to wrap that up at the end of the program. But for right now, just to give you a little bit of background on how the story broke, we can take a look at this article from Indy.com. It's dated June 16th, 2023. So see, it's been like, what, six weeks ago. It says, UFO expert claims that the South Pole is an air traffic control for aliens. This is written by Harry Fletcher. It says, you may have been hearing a lot about UFOs lately. And that's largely thanks to ufologist Dr. Stephen Greer, who has been hosting a conference on the subject. A range of people were invited to share their insights as part of an event streamed online. And it saw Eric Heckler describe the South Pole as an air traffic control hub for aliens. Here we go. Conspiracy theorists made some pretty out there claims at the conference, but it's the discussion about the Admonson-Scott South Pole Station that was most significant. Now, I just want to say... I'm starting to see a little bias toward Greer in a lot of these articles. And even in the UFO community, it seems like he's kind of reached celebrity outcast status. And as a result of that, unfortunately for Eric Hecker, I think he's largely been ignored by what you would call the mainstream UFO media. Okay, so the article goes on. It says, Hecker claimed that in 2010, Raytheon, the U.S. aerospace and defense conglomerate, chose him to be a contractor on the research center operated by the United States National Science Foundation. Here you go. You get into these sketchy uh, quasi-governmental agencies again. There was much more to the station that first met the eye, according to Hacker. He says he claimed the station actually operated as an air traffic control center for UFOs and communicated with exotic crafts by sending neutrino rays up into space. Hecker went further by talking about digital optical modules buried a mile beneath the surface under the ice. He claims they were buried in order to detect neutrino interactions while being deep enough not to interfere with radiation readings. Now, this is 
this shows you kind of the disinformation slant I feel like this author is taking. We're going to look at, you know, I went to Wikipedia and and looked it up and and uh, we'll go over the definition of what's happening down there. It's widely reported. It's not a conspiracy theory that this is part of this installation. They've got these sensors buried in the ice. That's what they do. They've got one uh, up in uh, South Dakota, one of the old mines up there, where they've gone inside the mountain of that mine, and they have this big giant pool that collects neutrinos. They've got these. They've got these things around. It's not a secret. They claim that they're just there for scientific research. Okay, studying the stars. So what this guy here says. He phrases this as he claims they were buried in order to detect neutrino interactions. That's not even that's that's really a, a sleazy a way for him to slant this guy's credibility, because if I'm going to give you a link to uh, this uh, scientific organization's website and and you can watch a you can watch a uh, Zoom call what these guys did and they're talking about this. So that part of the story is beyond dispute. The fact that we have this giant research center down there in Antarctica with these sensors buried all over this large area, that's beyond dispute. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's, a cons that's just a fact. That's a scientific fact. He also said he personally saw a powerful green laser pointing at the cosmos. We know they got the lasers down there. This, this also is not a he said, she said sort of thing. This is just fact that they already are talking about. So already... They're trying to throw shade in this guy. They're like, oh, well, he's hanging out with Stephen Greer. He must be a nut job. And then they're repeating just basic facts about this base down there as if this guy just has imagined that he went to Antarctica and this base doesn't even exist. So you can see the depersoning happening, the painful attempt at depersoning in the first couple paragraphs of this article. It says, it comes after a whistleblower who claims the U.S. government has been operating UFO retrieval research in secret has reportedly said that UFOs have been responsible for the death of humans. There's some more cut and paste in this article. This is a typical UFO article that you get. And then it brings up David Grush, worked for the, Geos the Geospatial Intelligence Agency, talks about him for about a minute. So what you have here is, is a situation where this fellow named Eric Hecker, okay, he's come out as a whistleblower with Stephen Greer. Probably, maybe he would, he would have been better to go through somebody... I don't know, through through one of these senators or congressmen, I don't know. But immediately, because he came out with Stephen Greer as a whistleblower, he gets ignored by the UFO community, and he gets depersoned by these hack writers. It's crazy. Now, after he comes out and makes these accusations about, hey, man, there's weird stuff going down here with this neutrino thing. It just doesn't receive things. It also can... Uh, transmit energy back and it could cause earthquakes. He thinks it caused the one that happened there a few years ago in New Zealand. It can be used to create the Havana syndrome in people where people are injured by these things. He says that they've had they've had accidental injuries down there from people suffering the Havana syndrome on that Antarctica, Antarctica base just like they did in uh, uh, Cuba. And of course we've been all through the stuff with Gary Nolan where he did. Uh, he ran the tests and the studies on these people that the government told him had been UFO injured. And as soon as he brought up the Havana syndrome uh, similarities, uh, they're like, bye bye, see ya. So something is going on here with directed energy. So basically, this hacker guy has come out and said, 
two things, two big revelations. Number one, they're telling you that they're just studying these neutrinos as they come in and they're counting them and seeing, okay, where they come from out there in the cosmos, happy, happy, point the telescope. In reality, what's happening is they're not just working this thing as a receiver of energy. They're working this thing as a transmitter of energy. And it can be used to hurt people. It can be used to cause earthquakes. It can be used to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And we'll get into some of that topic in a later podcast. But for right now, what I want to focus on here is the comments made on this June 29th uh, Zoom call that was held with these scientists and how they reacted when they were questioned about where exactly are these uh, neutrinos coming from? So first we're going to take a look at what is a neutrino? Okay, let's just get this in fact. And then we're going to look at, uh, so what is, what's this base all about going down there? Just give us a kind of flesh that out a little bit. And then let's talk, and then we'll listen to that comment this lady makes. And it's, it's almost crazy. And then we'll talk about that as we close up this podcast. Now, a neutrino is a tiny particle that doesn't have an electric charge, and it's so light, scientists used to think it didn't have any mass at all. It's like a little building block of matter that only interacts through weak forces and gravity. Now, unlike most particles, neutrinos don't get involved in strong forces, and they have a super short range for their weak force. Their mass is way tinier than the other particles we know about, except for the ones with no mass at all. And because neutrinos don't have electric charge, they can easily pass through a regular matter without being noticed or stopped. That's why they're hard to detect and they can travel through things without any trouble. So that's just a really basic explanation of what neutrinos are. Now, the next thing we're looking at is the fact that those neutrinos are being counted. And we're going to look, take a look at first of how they're being counted. And then we're going to ask why they're being counted. Now, they're being counted at a place called the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory. And it's, this is also known as just simply Ice Cube. It's a pretty special place where scientists study tiny particles called neutrinos. And it's located at the Admonson Scott South Pole Station in Antarctica. Of course, you've heard about all the crazy stuff going on down there, allegedly. Now, the observatory has a lot of sensors, and they're all buried beneath the Antarctic ice, and they're spread out over a big space that measures about a third of a mile in cube, large. Now, before Ice Cube, there was another project called Antarctic Muon and Neutrino Detector Array, or AMANDA. Gotta love these names. Now, Ice Cube is like Amanda, but it's improved. It uses round optical sensors called digital optical modules, or DOMs. Each DOM has a photomultiplier tube and a computer that collects data. So I'm imagining this sphere-shaped object, and inside is this tube that contains a camera and a computer that collects the data on these neutrinos. Now this data is then sent to the counting house on the surface above the sensors. Now IceCube is finished on December 18, 2010. So it's been operating for, what, 13 years. Now the DOMs are placed in groups of 60 along, on long strings and they're lowered into the holes in the ice made using hot water drills. Now remember, you've got, you've got this, uh, tons and tons of ice there on Antarctica, so this is perfect for these guys. Instead of having to spend all that money, uh, you know, in a conventional drilling situation, 
and they can simply go somewhere, melt a hole in the ice down quite a long ways actually, and then put these sensors down there. Now it says the purpose of Ice Cube is to find out where neutrinos come from in space, especially those with very high energy called Terra electron, terra electron volt or TeV neutrinos, and we're going to get into that. This is this is some strange stuff. Scientists hope to learn more about powerful events happening in the universe through this research, and some people think that they're trying to learn stuff about UFOs. And this whole thing sounded crazy to me at first, but the more I got into it, uh, the the more it seemed like this could be uh, actually happening. And this whistleblower could really be telling us the truth. So we've introduced this uh, whistleblower, Eric Hecker. He seems to be in this Dr. Stephen Greer camp. He's made his statements about having been stationed down on this uh, base in Antarctica, known as, uh, for short, Ice Cube, or this Ice Cube Observatory. He's talked about the neutrino uh, laboratory that's been set up down there to measure these incoming neutrinos. He's also made assertions that these things aren't just for receiving, they're for transmitting. And we've talked about what neutrinos are. We talked a little bit about this base, you know, what's going on down there. And then uh, I first saw this Zoom call on Steve uh, Lido's uh, program. So I went to the source and looked it up, and I'll put a link there for you. And these guys are having like an hour-long meeting or something. And the weird thing was on Lido's program, it was like an hour 24, but like on the actual website, they've got it at like an hour. At the very end of the Zoom call, they're taking questions. There's these three scientists sitting up there in the panel. And, uh, wow, how weird they are. Anyway, they asked them about the source of this stuff and listen to their response, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Thank you. So perhaps one final question uh, from online, please. Uh, this one might also make you uncomfortable, but uh, there's questions about uh, what looks like some of the clumpiness in the maps that you show. Uh, any comments about potential correspondence with sources uh, that we think we might know about. Um, let me do that to um, um, Naoko again, please. No comment. But stay tuned. Okay, so thank you very much for having tuned to this event. We're definitely very excited of this new result, which joins previous sources from the iSchool collaboration. So this uh, video, this Zoom call, lasts uh, one hour and 19 seconds. At the very end of that Zoom call, at uh, 59 minutes and 32 seconds, you, that's when you hear the question that you just heard. The most important question they could ask, and that is, are you in contact with uh, extraterrestrials? And the reaction you see from these people on this video is priceless. Uh, just to set it up for you, and I will go ahead, I know I'll put a link at the Buy Me a Coffee website. What you see in this video screen, on the right-hand side of the screen, you see two gentlemen, an older gentleman and a guy probably in his 30s. It's at Dortmund University, Germany. Okay, these guys are basically handling the calls as they come in from the reporters, the questions. They're talking about this uh, ice cube, neutrino observation based on Antarctica. On the left-hand side, you have the ice cube announcement. They're talking about what they've discovered, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of giving us that, that parallel narrative that we, that, that we always hear about. It's dated June 29, 2023. You have three scientists. I don't have the names of them here in front of me, but from left to right, you have a, a younger Asian gal. Uh, she's talking. The, the, the 
during the interview and stuff, she's like she's looking around like she's distracted. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's kind of bizarre almost. In the middle, you have a young guy with a beard on. Uh, he looks like he's probably his mid-30s. He's looking intently at the camera. And on the right side, you have this uh, older guy. He's probably in his 60s. He has kind of a crumpled shirt on. Now, right as they're beginning to ask the question, the old guy starts to get this look of kind of irritation or disgust on his face. The young guy in the middle is looking intently. The uh, gal on the left immediately be, immediately breaks out of this kind of forced smile. So he says, this one might make you feel uncomfortable. There's questions about what looks like some of the clumpiness in the maps that you show. Okay, first off, these guys are supposedly, they tell us that they're just measuring these neutrinos as they, you know, uh, bombard the Earth from outer space. So what you would expect would be basically like rainfall coming in, pretty much a random distribution or maybe even kind of a uh, decentralized distribution of these neutrinos coming in. You know, they shouldn't be all clumped up. But he says in the data there's clumpiness. So he's saying, what's going on with this? Why, why, why do we have these clumps of neutrinos coming in? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they be spread out over the horizon? What's going on there? Then he says, any comments about potential correspondence with sources? Wow. So you watch the video. These guys are smart enough to know that he's asking them, have you talked to ET? Because what he's saying is, what we know is that these neutrinos should be coming in like raindrops, just kind of randomly. But what we're seeing is they're coming in in clumps, like they're being sent in from a, from a centralized focal point. And you wouldn't expect that to be something from nature. That looks like something almost like exhaust expelled out of a craft. They know what he's getting at. When he says that, you see the, you see the two uh, handlers on the right-hand side of the screen in Germany. They kind of get this look on their face like, oh boy. What happens on the left-hand side of the screen is they kind of go into uh, shock mode and then denial mode. The old guy gets this really crumpled up, nasty look on his face. The young guy looks at her like a deer in the headlights. And the Asian gal on the end, she turns her head with this forced smile. She, she doesn't want to talk about this. It's very clear. Now, the questioner goes on and he says that the, that's before they get the question. So they're giving the questions to the two guys on the right, the handlers out of Germany. And he says, and so the guy on the right, he immediately passes a question off to the three scientists on the left. Now, when he does that, then you can just see the shock on her face. But all the body language, uh, all the body language up to that point, really is deception and avoidance. But when they when they when they realize that they've got to take the question, the lady she says, uh, "Yeah, I'll go again. Please, no comment." So, have you talked to aliens? no comment and as she says that it's 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 bizarre watch the video all three of these guys these scientists that have been confronted about ufos they sit up in their chairs uh, the old guy kind of leans forward his face goes from a look of just disgust to this kind of uh, goofy grin the young kid he arches his back up you know he smiles the lady smiles and she closes her eyes clear sign of deception. She's the one talking. While she's talking to you, she closes her eyes. She has this forced smile and her mouth is closed. 
okay? She's not telling you. What I see here is body language that tells me they are giving you a rehearsed response. This, this reporter, at the very end of this Zoom call that lasted for one hour and 19 seconds, at the very end with 45 seconds left, somehow he threw them a curveball. He asked the two guys that are the, kind of the MCs are handling all these questions. He asked them, are you in correspondence with the sources of these neutrinos? Well, how would you be in correspondence with the source of a neutrino if a source of a neutrino is a, uh, a distant star a, a million light years away? That's what we've been told, but they know better. They know the sources of these neutrinos are something possibly a lot closer. And that is why when he asked that question, at the very beginning of that question, you see the three scientists. They're assuming that the two handlers, the MCs over here, are going, the old guy rather, is going to handle that question and just blow it off. They're not going to have to deal with it. But you can see uh, the disgust and uh, annoyance and, and anger in their face. The old white guy, uh, he, gets this, he looks like the old guy at the Muppets. The young white kid, he looks like he's like a deer looking into the headlights. And the Asian gal in the end, she turns her face away and she has this forced uh, open smile. Then when they realize that they're going to have to answer the question, or at least she is, their body language immediately changes. It goes into this rehearsed response. They all three at exactly the same time set up in their chairs. They arch their backs like they're getting ready for a fight. At least the two younger people do. The old guy, I think he realizes Man, this is awesome. I don't have to answer this guy. He kind of leans forward in his chair. And what's that tell you? When you lean forward like that, that means uh, you're, 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 you're feeling confident a lot of times. Uh, he's confident because he doesn't have to answer the question. The young kid, he seems genuinely happy because he didn't get called on. The gal on the end, she closes her eyes, okay? Her mouth is in a forced smile, but it's closed. Her mouth is closed really tight. You can tell she's just like, oh man, how did I get stuck with this? Now, the old guy over the right, the MC, the one that the one that passed a question off to them on the Zoom call, they're, like, they're in two different places, right? He immediately reaches down and gets a drink of water. Now, um, if you play poker, you know that's a tell. A lot of times when people are, are trying to bluff a hand or they, they're pretty sure they're going to get beat and they put a big bet out there and they're worried about losing their money, I always watch him. I'll tell you one thing from experience, 95% of the time when they go to get that drink of water or that drink of alcohol where they're drinking, it's a, it's a way to calm themselves, maybe to loosen up their throat a little bit. And most of the time, there's deception and they're worried about being caught. So it's, it's a hand where they're bluffing, but they know they're beat. And this guy right here, he looks to me like he's bluffing and he knows he's beat. So instead of handling the situation, he passes it off to this junior scientist and immediately after that, he starts to feel anxiety. Maybe he's going to get chewed out for doing that. Maybe it was his job to be gatekeeper and he didn't do his job. He looks visibly shaken and he's drinking that water. It's just, that's like a defense mechanism for the deception that he has to put out there. So they go ahead and she says, uh, yeah, no comment. And then after that, they all start chuckling and laughing. Okay, that's called uh, deceiver's delight. You can look this up online. Deceivers delight, and that's where a con man—they're uh, so excited about ripping you off or taking advantage of you that they get giddy and start chuckling in the middle of the presentation 
while they're doing this. And you can see this a lot of time with, with uh, you know, hucksters. And so now they've just told the lie. We can't tell you. No comment. Ha, ha, ha. We know something you don't. And then she says, but stay tuned. In other words, I have the information. You can't have it. And after she says this, she's got this satisfied look on her face. The young guy, he's tilting his head uh, to his right. He's thinking about it. He's in deep thought. He's probably going back to the things he's seen. Maybe he's in the know. Maybe he's not. The old guy on the right, he's looking right at her like, yeah, you handled that pretty good. He has satisfaction. Two of these three people look like they're really, really happy that they know about this stuff and you can't know about it. Now, on the other side of the split screen, you have the old guy who just passed the question off. He's got his hands out in front of him. He's put the glass down. He looks like he's been beat. The kid sitting next to him just looks like a zombie looking at him. So what I'm seeing here in the last minute of this Zoom call that was put on between uh, this university in Germany and, this, and representatives from this Ice Cube Observatory is when they were asked about, are you tracking UFOs basically? Are you in correspondence with the sources of these neutrinos? What I saw there was lots of deception because you can't be in correspondence with a star. Why wouldn't she have just said, well, you can't be in correspondence with a star or a solar system, but we are tracking where the stuff's coming from, blah, blah, blah. She could have given him a very easy uh, scientific answer that would have dispelled any notion about UFOs, but she didn't do that. She just said, no comment, uh, we may tell you later. Might be a surprise down the road. After we have figured out a way to completely monetize whatever we discover, to completely use that to enslave you further, to completely take over the world as you know it, then we might tell you just enough about the UFO phenomena to keep you pacified. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.